All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Coffees for Closers. Um, due to popular demand, we've actually left Matt out today. Uh, I know a lot of the people in the comments have requested that um, we leave him out because of his ugly head, and I totally understand. So we've got a new guest today, Luke Badman. Uh, welcome to the show. He actually runs his own podcast. Any, just... any PQ for dogs, I believe it's called? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Life with your dog. No, yeah. So, um, yeah, I do a bit, of, a bit of dog training on the side as well. So Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, cue the intro. We'll be back in a second. If you listen to this podcast, you will make your first million within three years. I'm going to repeat that. You will make a million dollars within three years of the first episode you listen to. We don't want pikers. We're not here to save the manatees. We're here to make podcasts. You really want this. You listen and review. Put that coffee down. Yeah, so so welcome back. Um, today we're going to be interviewing, obviously, Luke. He's um, come to us from uh, being a dog trainer where the almost the, the hardest part of sale is getting an animal that doesn't speak English to mm. listen and using the right language and I guess you could say asking them the right questions, mm-hmm. such as sit, <laughs> yeah. fetch. More of a command than a question. But, yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of um, overlap with the psychology. Like the foundations of dog training are things like operant and classical conditioning. I don't know if anyone knows what that is, but like, you know, Pavlov and all this kind of stuff. So it, there is like Stop, a definitely – you're making my mouth water. There's exactly <laughs> – there's definitely a bit of a crossover and um, – Luke is, he's, um, just the reason we decided to bring him on today is he's recently come onto the team, probably six months. Six months, yeah. This will be my seventh month. Seventh month, yeah. yeah. And, um, correct me if I'm wrong, zero price sales experience. Yeah. Right? Other than the business. And he, uh, yeah, other than my own business, like, you know, which mm. isn't really, I wouldn't really argue that that's really selling. It's more like what Mount call order taking. Yeah. By the time they get to me, they're, they're good to go. There is definitely like it's an emotional sale, so there's a little bit of that, but it's nothing like what we do here at Sniper, obviously. Yeah, because I remember reviewing some of your calls when you first come in and trying to aid how we could get you some more clients. And mm. I was like, this is terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, before I learned the ways of uh, NEPQ. And, yeah. And um, so six months, like you started doing a bit of setting for us, and Luke is like the prime example of someone that comes into our development systems takes the right steps, follows it up with a lot of action and ambition, and in a short period of time is very, very successful. If you don't mind me asking, like, where were you income-wise before coming to us? And then oh, what yeah. are you averaging now? I mean, months? I was probably doing the business, the dog business is probably doing, yeah, it would be on track, would have been on track to do, I guess, between 50 and 80 grand for the yep. year. Yeah, And now I'm doing more than five figures a month between the between here and there um, in sure. six months. And I've only been on sales calls for yeah. like this will be my Second third month. or fourth month yeah, on sales calls. And let's call it the third month of yeah. doing like full, full-blown full sales calls. And you, you do it part-time. I do, yeah. I only work yeah. 30 hours a week. So Yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. You've developed very, very quickly into mm-hmm. someone that is your – I don't think like your level of income reflects how quickly you've developed and how good you've got. Mm-hmm. So let, let's take a – a step back um what was things like you know moving from that coming in and, and being a, a dm setter and how did that make you feel from someone being relatively successful taking that step back in mm. order to, to move forward what was 
that like I, you. I might go back even a little bit further to like how I that was found, <laughs> how I found Sniper. Matt's best mate from the army, that, Pat, yeah. is like pretty much the best dog trainer in the country as yeah, far as yeah, I'm yeah. concerned. Most of what I learned from about dogs I learned from Pat mm-hmm. through his course and Matt went on their podcast last year yeah. and that's how I found you guys and I was just like I pay attention, right, and I was like what is this and I just went down this rabbit hole and anyway, you know, and then I joined as a DM setter and, yeah, it was it was – hard at first Mm. but i just threw myself like i wanted to throw myself into it i was like what's the worst that could happen right i was willing to take a hit on income because i i'm here for i think i've heard matt say this before like here for the vision rather than just the money yeah you know what i mean like i can see where this where this place is going and like what specifically about that vision sort of attracted you to want to take a step back knowing that there's probably a bigger payoff in the future. I could, I could definitely sense the culture that you guys have here, even without having joined, like, you know what I mean? Looking from the outside before I joined, I was like, there's definitely something there and I wanted to be part of that. And then it only confirmed my suspicions when I got here. I was like, yeah, this is an awesome place to work. Mm. And obviously we have a lot of fun, like, in we do start. Podcasts. Yeah, we do podcasts, like, Just on a Friday shit. afternoon. <laughs> we, you know, we, we, we sell, we... we Talk, talk with the boys and that's yeah, good, good fun yeah play pool occasionally yeah exactly is this place is like a giant man cave really is it office. is it yeah is. Um, you can check out the uh, office tours yeah yeah we've probably done i imagine we have yeah so um yeah <laughs> well miniseries coming soon right mm-hmm. okay so there we go you, you jumped into the dms like what was the hardest thing about coming in and then adjusting from someone who's never learned sales to being thrown into a world where it's like, here's a script. Mm. Here's how we do it. Like, how did you get yourself in a position to, one, be able to actually learn that so quickly and yeah. then apply it to increase your income? I had to be comfortable with getting uncomfortable. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but like, it is, yeah. and it is cliched, but like you guys put me, paired me up with Dan, right? And if you watch this YouTube channel, you've probably seen Dan floating around on a few of the videos. Mm. He's trained me very, very well. Like, did he? Teach you how to burn out properly? <laughs> no, he's, uh, he, if anything, he gave me a lot of um, tough love at the start and yeah. like really slapped me around a bit. We got basically hung up on the very early stages of the script. Like we we were role playing and I would just, I'm definitely like a bit of a perfectionist and I was, I had to get past that. Yeah. And he's like, how are we ever, he, he and EPQ, he's like, how are we ever going to get past this if you can't do problem awareness? And I was like, yeah, you're right. One day I just woke up and I was like, no, 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 like we've got to do this. Like got to look past the DMs. Dan told me don't major in minor things, right? And so even though my job at the time was DM, to DM, yeah. if you only focus on that, you can't, by definition, you can't go to the next level, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And so we started role-playing a lot, even though my job at that point was not to be on the phones or on calls. I had to take that development into my own hand, yeah. right? And then the same thing to go from like triages to sales calls, like, just kind of had to throw myself into it. Yeah, okay. At what point, like, did you actually transition into triage calls? Like Good how, question. Like maybe a month? Um, well, Marco basically just threw me into it. He's like, come on, I want you to start doing triage calls. And there was another yeah. thing, like, just be like, I, I, my initial reaction was like a little bit, oh, I'm on the spot here. But like, it's like anything, you, you do a few, yeah, you stuff up a few. And then after a while, you just, you yeah. know what I mean? I, 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 if I remember right, I don't think that was planned. We yeah. just had someone pull out of the role we put them in. So we're like, oh, f-. yeah, right, right time. Let's maybe. just put Batman yeah, yeah. and uh, yep. the Darcy and yep. took with both hands. Right? 
Another cliche. Just took the opportunity with both hands. <laughs> full credit to the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. full credit to the boys. <laughs> no, yeah, there was definitely, um, and like I, I would count myself very lucky, even within Sniper globally, to be here in Sydney. Like yeah. I feel very lucky that I just happened to have, I mean, I grew up here, but like the fact that the Sniper HQ is here, yeah, so, yeah. I would, I'm sure that's helped my development, having access to you, Matt, Marco, Dan, like mm. on tap, basically, that's that's been very good for like the younger guys. And this is like I could have an opinion on this, but it would be irrelevant mm. because the perception's so off. Mm. Do you feel like it's smarter for some of the guys to move to be in that environment initially to start learning, or at what point do you think like some sort of move would pay dividends in? Development? You mean physically moving? Like yeah, to, like to, to be, be here in, yeah. in an office. I definitely think so because uh-huh. personally, like. And we're at this point now where we've come through lockdown and I've got this sort of good hybrid yeah. model. I'll come in two or three days a week. Yeah. I, I'm not the kind of person who I know for myself, I couldn't work remotely hundred percent. It just wouldn't work for me. Yeah. You get lazy. Yeah. I just like being amongst people. Yeah. So I definitely think if you have the opportunity to be around, like we're humans, we're social creatures, right? Yeah. yeah we went through a pandemic and Zoom's great and all that stuff. Like we, you guys have built a business on it, but we do function better i think around people and like i know mm. you know snipers building a sales office in the states and that yeah, kind of thing yeah. so anyone who has the opportunity to actually go and do Just, that i'm sure they they would grow fast yeah because the reason i ask is we've had a lot of guys whether they're in canada the uk that are wanting to move over there and i'm yeah. hesitant in letting them mm-hmm. one because it's such a big commitment particularly as the younger guys that that environment is really really high pressure Mm. a lot of cases so i think it has massive benefits but i wouldn't even consider letting certain people go until they've developed to a a level Mm. where that i know that you can sustain your income and you're not going to take a step backwards whilst you've got all these additional expenses or whilst we obviously chip in yeah like you got rent you've got commitments and you know that that, plus um, moving costs it's a new city you might not know anyone like you you might freak out and want to Go back to mama. You know? If there's one thing I've learned from following your guys' story and Matt's story and all that kind of stuff, having definitely, you know, listened to what you just said then, I do think like this like burn the boats, burn the bridges kind yeah, of mentality. Yeah. If you give yourself a back door, you'll find it. I and agree. You'll use yeah. it rather than just giving yourself only one way out, which is to succeed. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm of the opinion it's probably 80% of the guys that works for the other 20, maybe not. Mm-hmm. And whether it's not gambling on their livelihood, where you can see some people are so eager, but they haven't yet done enough to prove to the, that they can sustain that. And it's like, maybe we take it a bit slower with you, with yeah. your development. And that way we can individualize things for different people, to, depending on skill set. There's definitely different factors too, right? So we've factors. got we've got such a age range here at Sniper yeah. as well. I'm definitely one of the oldest guys here. Yeah. I'm 35. You're a lot older than what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 35, right? And I, I was just about to say as well, like it, it sort of depends what's on the line. Like there's guys who already have kids, who are already mm. married, they've got mortgages. Like I don't have kids. I'm getting married next year. But like, so I, I was pretty much... Like I want to have kids probably within the next couple of years. Yeah. So yeah, like this is it was pretty much now or never. Even with the the dog business, like that's only sort of a year and a bit old, right? And so like it's very hard to make those kinds of, you know, go for a few months without making much money when you've got big mortgages, kids to feed, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I kind of this was kind of like the last portion of my life where I could yeah. really make a, a like big you, change. You've got to f- 
figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. all in, all yeah. in, all out. Yeah, okay. Definitely. Right, and then that, that's cool. I mean, you moved into sales. Mm-hmm. What, like, there was obviously a lot of changes that happened to, mm. one, get you comfortable, ready to do that. Mm. What are, like, the biggest things that you felt allowed you to come on and immediately be successful with it? I think definitely the the burn the boats thing again, like just you just got to make it work. Don't overthink it. There's a few probably let's say younger guys and girls in the company who are like still very young, 18, mm-hmm. 19, whatever, and maybe they feel not as confident in themselves. Yeah. And a couple of them have asked me like, you know, what's development-related questions. Like yeah, that. and I'm like just don't overthink it too much. You've just got to trust the process. Throw yourself into it. We have no shortage of access to Resource. training resources. Like I go to probably hard, I go to Matt's coaching call every week, like the inner circle one. Yeah. I go to all kinds of coaching calls that are other people, like if they're our clients, they would pay for that. Yeah. I set that aside to go and do, do that it. stuff. Okay. Then obviously got to do the sales calls to make money, but training and development is definitely a big part of it. How do you, like, I have a pretty set structure on how I like guys to develop. Mm. And I've been working on this with Spence, who's going to roll it out to a lot of our team in far greater capacity mm-hmm. than I can. He's just, he's going to take it from my brain and apply it. Mm-hmm. I like to have our guys find, like, the biggest thing that they need to work on. Yep. Whether that's objection handling, it's it's tonality, it's structure, right? Like and a then, bottleneck in their development? Exactly like yeah. a bottleneck. The, the lowest hanging fruit that if you solve that one problem, it would give you the biggest return, ROI. Yep. Right? Makes sense, right? So It's like what lever is going to move the needle the most. Yeah, exactly, right? right? And and what I do is because it sounds like you do a lot of everything, mm. but I get them to focus 70% of that time on fixing that one problem and then the remaining 30% of that time. When I say time, I mean development time, right? If you've got five hours a week, you're doing four on that one problem. An hour and everything else. And the reason I get them to study that 30% of time is because you make massive improvements in that one thing that well, you're dedicated. Well, it's like the 80-20 rule, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then if you're doing a whole bunch of other stuff, like let's say it's tonality, you do four hours of tonality work a week. Mm-hmm. You get significantly better at tonality when you're focusing and you have that much intention on it. Mm-hmm. But then if you do 30%, you do a little bit of ejection handling, a little bit of structure, a little bit of articulation, whatever. Because you've had such an improvement on that tonality, you feel like you've got that same improvement on those little things that don't make as much of a difference. Give you confidence. Exactly yeah. right. So for you, is that kind of like a philosophy that, that you go by or like how does that work for you? Yeah, I, I, I try and be pretty well-rounded. Like yeah. I try and do not too much development and I think some – of the more junior guys may get too caught up in that. Whereas if they, you know, I found it better for myself anyway to um, just focus on the next level in turn, but like actually Hmm. not just sit there and passively, you know, read, watch a portal or whatever it is, watch a video, but actually (laughs) a port. Yeah. No, actually practice it. Right. Treat it like an actual sales call. Right. Rather than like, yeah, you're, mm. again, your job is the DMing, but yeah. then yeah. go and practice that next level like it is a real call. If that makes sense. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I agree with that. Unless you're not that good at DMs yet. Then oh, of course. If you're ever going to yeah, transition. Your mileage may vary, right? Precisely, right? Yeah. No, no, 100%. We're, we're pretty much on the, the same boat. Okay. So coming in, learning that skill set in sales and doing it rapidly, how does that transition into everyday life? Like with the dog business, like- Communication with your yeah my soon to be yeah, yeah. wife. NEPQ honestly just train teaches you how to talk to people. 
And like it teaches you how important language is. Mm-hmm. Very specific words, like the one percent changes in a sentence or the way you say something, yeah. is very important. Again, it's that like eighty twenty. It's like twenty percent of the changes you make to your words make eighty percent of the changes to the outcome yeah, yeah, of what yeah. you're trying to get. Right? Like if you learned NEPQ, the worst thing that could happen is that you get better at sales. Do you know what I mean? The least, the Less, least, the, yeah. the least outcome you got out of it would be that you get better at sales. Whereas I found that it it applies. It just kind of seeps into the rest of your life. Mm. If that makes sense. Has it been easier for you to sign up dog train clients? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What's the close rate? Uh, my close rate on, is on the the dog on track. the dogs. Yeah, it'd be over ninety percent. What's it in general? On the on here? Yeah, yeah. yeah like I'm on I'm on the actual NEPQ account. I'm closing at like sixty percent at the moment. I think. I actually just checked it the other day. It's pretty good. Yeah. 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 In six months. 58 percent. to 60%, something like that. 58. That's, that's weak. <laughs> Weeks you got to keep it above 60. Yeah. Um, but obviously- We, we need to have ago. a serious performance review. <laughs> yeah. That's why you sat me down here. Anyway, so would you guys like to see that in a podcast? Me <laughs> yeah. roasting Luke <laughs> for an hour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, cool. Anything else that you want to chat about today? Or? Um, I just- want to thank you guys for like the opportunity to actually be part of this because like I said I came here for the vision I yeah. think and I can see like between you James you and James you and Matt I meant to say I mean really the most two important people <laughs> James, James and James yeah. between you Matt and Marco and you know all the other you know the management like there's definitely like this ship has Captain, has a captain and has captains. Do you know what I mean? Like it's going somewhere. <laughs> so like I, that for me, that's exciting. I like to be part of something that's like a bit visionary. Well, where can the uh, viewers find your podcast on dogs? So if you've got a troubled dog, maybe one, you throw a stick, it doesn't come back. <laughs> maybe one that's a little sh- and chews up anything I mean, in we, the house. We, we helped you with your dogs. Right? Oh, you you did. Um, if, if if that's you, and I know a lot of salespeople, they, they love their animals most of them don't like people, even though they speak to people on a daily basis. Yeah. Love animals. Um, if you want to learn about how to make your dog better and have a more enjoyable life, where can they it's, find It's uh, Life With Your Dog Podcast, so we're in all the platforms. You, you'll be able to find us. Just Google Life With Put Your Dog Put a link in the description. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Luke. And uh, please, it would be really appreciative if you can like, comment, subscribe, all that good things. There'll be links down here. There'll be links there. There'll be links everywhere with upsells, downsells, cross-sells, whatever you want, guys. Leave, leave a comment. If there's any questions for Luke directly about anything that he spoke about in his development, please put it in the comments. I will make sure that he goes in there, checks them, and responds. I will. And uh, if he doesn't, let me know, and we will film that performance <laughs> we'll review. follow-up episode. Because that's not what we do here, no, and no, it's no. not good enough. We, we, are, we are strong on follow-up here. Yeah, follow-up yeah. every day. Okay, thanks, guys, and uh, have a lovely day. Bye. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only.